Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab grown diamond bands, all hand finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello, and welcome to another podcast that is going to make you mourn the absence of Adam Wilborn's immaculate professionalism. This is the AEW preview. I'm Michael Sidgwick, and I'm joined by fellow Dadly boy Michael Hamflet to look ahead to everything that might happen on tonight's AEW Dynamite show. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We preview and review AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, pay-per-views. We conduct wrestling interviews. We hold roundtable wrestling discussions and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. God damn it, Wilborn. You're very <laughs> terrified all the way through that spiel. We should just pre-record it, make it a lot easier. But yeah, um, Dynamite had a much better showing than these bang average, effectively phoned in Dynamites, which honestly might be generous. Um, considering that some actively bad stuff has been happening on them, which is a creeping cause for concern. But Saturday Night Dynamite was great. Uh, the lineup for a night looks far more uneven. What are your thoughts um, heading into the show? Um, I want to be optimistic. I don't want it to come across as generous, but I really, really want to be excited about Dynamite again. I want to feel like the anchor of the wrestling week is back, planted where it belongs on a Wednesday. Um, because the we talked about this on other podcasts. It wasn't the specific nature of those weaker dynamites that bothered me. It was the idea that they would phone them in in the first place. Yeah. It was an, un, an unsettling laziness that kind of has hung around since Double or Nothing. And it doesn't really matter if we can rationalise and justify as fans and in providing a bit of analysis. As strictly a viewer, I'd like to have higher expectations than to assume they'll do that every time this comes around. I want them I want them to fool me into thinking they're operating at the best, even when they're not. Yep, I completely agree with that. Um, I'm excited for tonight's show. This is a total signal of what a mark I am, but um, because I'm a UK-based analyst and fan of this product, I have to get up at a ridiculous time. We talk about this at length. I have set my alarm in anticipation of the kids waking up at the earliest possible time, <laughs> half past 3 a.m. on a weeknight. And when I did it, because it's a Wednesday, I felt a little giddy thrill, mm. like a total mark loser. Um, so, yeah, I think that encapsulates my thoughts ahead of the show, which will be headlined by MGF versus Sammy Guevara in a further continuation of the sprawling inner circle versus um, pinnacle storyline. This one's been built in a, in a manner that AEW hasn't yet done. Across, did you watch The Road to? No, I haven't seen it. It's very good if you like that sort of thing. That sort of thing is, they are shooting it on each other, brother. The idea is they're using insider terms without basically exposing it as a complete sham. They are 
using sort of insider terms and concepts to try and arrive at the idea that these two people shoot hate one another. Sammy Guevara has been complaining that MGF is all substance and he's kissed his ass um, in order to get a push. That's why he gets the main events on Dynamite more so than he does. And that's why he gets priority on the action figure line. MGF in response has outright buried him outright buried him it's something that i'm not necessarily a fan of i am a huge proponent of the philosophy that you just make it as basic and simple as absolutely possible you don't bury the person you're going to beat because then who have you beaten it's a core mm. principle um mgf has mastered it essentially at this early age so i think he has deviated from it for this one specific program with the idea of trying to convey that these two men hate one another. I'm not entirely buying it. I am in fact 35 years old and I'm going to be 36 <laughs> in September. So it's difficult for me to get that kind of story beat. Um, I've been monitoring the replies on Twitter. It genuinely feels like they've got some people with this. It really does. I think it's been very well performed. Um, as for the match itself, I've got pretty damn high hopes for this, you know. I think this would deliver, even though I don't buy the idea that they should hate one another in real life. I look at that picture now of them two having a whale of a time, gallows humouring that first Daly's Place closed set dynamite taping where you can infer from how much they're making each other pop daft that they, yeah, they're probably friends. Mm. Uh, what they are doing, I can say, feels like that photo isn't the same anymore. I looked at that photo and thought, what a goddamn money-making tag act they would make one day. At the very least, I look at that photo and think, you've done well to build the story on the back of it. What I like about MJF wrestling people who he derisively calls spot monkeys or flip merchants or gymnasts is that eventually he will take a Canadian destroyer or something of that ilk with the idea that that's the catharsis. He buries the people for being overtly spectacular, says he would never lower himself to do something like that and take something deranged on the apron. I think it's a really great bit mm. that fuses together like his old school sensibilities and the kind of stuff he has to do to really get all the way over um, in this year of 2021. What do you think of the match quality perspective and who do you think is going to get the W? I, I hope it's good ultimately um it doesn't need to be a fireworks factory it can be a different type of good as well um it this is one of the first examples i can ever think of maybe in dynamite history actually where you feel like you're watching a pay-per-view quality aw homegrown combination for the very first time on television um it, it puts you in mind of mjf versus jungle boy or sammy guevara versus sammy and darby um Darby, uh, revolution 2020 yeah. yeah like put you in mind of those matches that you're like wow like this is a company very very capable of creating stars um and you get to see like these legacy rivalries built up and dynamite like dynamite is has become a destination for great matches as much as pay for you so that's not so much the concern but i think it's very interesting that we're getting it here because it certainly looks and feels like when you mention that picture of them in the pandemic um, it looks and feels like one of those matches that would have once been saved for pay for you, like a first time meeting between the two. Whereas here, we have to infer a little bit that Sammy Guevara is, I guess, the stepping stone match to the Chris Jericho payoff, ultimately, with MJF. They've done an amazing job, by the way, of making people forget that and obscuring that 
Like there would have been a time where this would have felt very, very secondary to the match that you were looking to, which was MJF, like leader versus leader. I think they've done a brilliant job of obscuring that with their own personal rivalry and just the general pinnacle. The Sammy Guevara push as the like the real true baby face of the inner circle. Um, I've got like plenty of faith in the match quality. I just, I would like suggest that people measure their expectations slightly. I, I, I'm really looking forward to this, but I think it'll be, there will be, I think it will lean heavily on MJF's like preferring of the traditional formula. I think this will be slowed down a lot, but in the way that informs Guevara's babyface comeback, you'll get this lightning bolt of electricity from Guevara as a babyface, which to be honest, he's only recently been able to exhibit. He did it in blood and guts and everybody went nuts. That was his show. He was given the end of Stadium Stampede in a more overt way to, to take it. If he stole it at Blood and Guts, that was his to take at Stadium Stampede. And it's going to be that again. MJF is going to make you work for that excitement, work for that fire. I hope, I'm assuming it's going to be the main event as well. Um, feels very worthy. They both feel fair play. Like, honestly, the booking makes them look and feel 10 years more into this than they both already are. There are a couple of stars and this feels massive. And MJF's got to win, I think. I think it's a real... It's it's a continuation of a problem, but it's a real narrative cul-de-sac they'll find themselves in if he yet again be in a circle, get just another last word. I think it's it gets trickier and trickier to bounce back from that week on week, so I don't know why they'd make that problem for themselves. I can't see them doing that either before we quickly move on. I think MJF takes the win here, and as you said, they've done so well to babyface Sammy Guevara in recent weeks um, and months with these like very deliberate standout performances where they gave him the platform every single opportunity to get over as a baby face they set the stage for him he smashed it he was by some distance the best performer in um, a very uneven stadium stampede sequel and uh, he was awesome in blood and guts all of which means that when if and when he loses tonight he doesn't feel like a busted flush mm-hmm. uh, they've already done the hard work he's nowhere near like sort of title contention yet we know the direction ultimately is MGF versus Chris Jericho. So I just think it's the weirdest, very good feud, this, the inner circle versus Jericho. Yeah. I, I don't know what's the sequencing or the fact that very little of it has been able to resonate. It's felt rushed and backwards, but there's been so much individual brilliance in terms of the promos, elements of the matches. It's just been like uneven to every extreme. But if you look at the balance of how they've booked Guevara, who's not going to emerge from all of this as the uh, as triumphant, and yet how they've got him over en route to this ultimate loss is really quite great. Um, it'd be an interesting one to revise this entire feud um, on a macro level later on, but that is a conversation for another day. A conversation we need to have today is the fact that there are, well, it's one title match and one title eliminator match. We will go in order of importance. TNT champion Miro versus Brian Pillman Jr. is pretty cut and dry in a way that doesn't feel anything remotely as drab as that description would suggest. Yeah, love this. Um, thought Miro's promo last week was absolutely fantastic. Really, not always in favour of women's matches being used to promote men's angles, but I think they've been really cute with this. Um, you had Miro effectively gaslighting Brian Pillman Jr. last week, um, suggesting that he was there as the protector of Penelope Ford when look what he did to Penelope Ford's husband um, and indeed their friendship, relationship, union, all that sort of stuff. Brian Pillman Jr. is going to be pulverised, but he's going to be look great taking it. Um, and fair play to them. They've got me a little bit on the hook for the one week 
returning babyface fire of Kip Sabian down the line, if not tonight, very, very soon. I don't think any of that dialogue was an accident. I don't think the folding in of Penelope Ford, um, Julia Hart, I guess, alongside the Blondes as well. I don't think any of that's an accident. It's going to be for one fiery Kip Sabian comeback where he too will eventually be snapped in half by a game over. But I, I like the booking and Miro in this role in particular has given us no reason not to expect like maybe one of the best things about this entire show. I don't want to go full Ryan Satin here, but I'm very interested in the ratio of offense that <laughs> allows um, Brian Pillman Jr. It feels like the balance was struck perfectly with the Evil Uno um, match, which is an absolute massive over-delivery. And it took place, I believe, on one of the bad Dynamites, or one of the yeah. 7 out of 10 Dynamites, which shows the, the standards to which the show is held. I personally probably wouldn't give Brian Pillman Jr. much but I think Miro, like his promos are fantastic. The one-liners, the threats, the demeanor, all of it is totally major league. But I think a better indication of what a great performer he's become is the fact that he doesn't have to hold too tightly to this persona to feel like it's dominant, he's insurmountable, he's an absolute horrifying prospect for anyone to face because Evil Uno got some stuff in on him and he had enough assurance in his character to give him that. Um it was a different storyline. It was on the back of Evil Uno getting a major pop um, at Double or Nothing. So I expect this will, will unfold differently. But Brian Pillman Jr. is a prospect. I would be tempted to give him a little bit more um, than you might think in a match featuring um, two stars in completely different places in their career. Um, TNT champion Miro is going to retain the TNT title. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I'm ready yet for any kind of tease of who his opponent at All Out might be, because I'm still in that kind of honeymoon stage, when you're like really high on a wrestler, wrestlers really high, um, and just locked into what they're doing. I will take a match of this ilk for several consecutive weeks at this point. Um, under the title Eliminator next, Eddie Kingston and Penta El Zero Miedo, El Zero Miedo will take on uh, the Young Bucks, um, if they beat the Young Bucks, they will earn a future title shot. This is another derivation of the elite, the super elite rather, versus what realistically should be a better loose stable than it is. I don't yeah. know why it isn't hitting for me. I really don't. But if you look at the assorted players involved, Kazarian, Pack, Death Triangle, Kingston, like what an incredible range of baby faces. Spectacular, nasty authentic, vengeful, like, I don't know why this isn't totally hitting for me, but it isn't. Does that change for you and Nike? I know you've got similar opinions. No, yeah, I'm, I'm the same. It reminds me a lot of, you know, around Christmas when you had the overlapping likes of Kingston, Pack, and um, Archer, or in like there or thereabouts, a gang slash a feud because the Super Elite was just sort of forming around them. And then nothing ever really went anywhere. We were just left with a bunch of unspoken alliances. Here, as we see now, AEW have lent on it. I'm not mega keen on this. Um, it's, yeah, it's, I don't know if this, like everything in wrestling, tacitly puts over John Moxley's brilliance. Honestly, I don't, because Moxley and Kingston were incredible as a team. And it's really hard to look at any Kingston team with somebody else who is also pretty hard and also pretty believable and not think, ah, they're great, but like, that's not who you want to see Eddie Kingston win a belt with. That's not who you want to see him hugging, finally being able to take a title home to Ruthie. It just doesn't quite land as much. And I would say the same, to be fair, about the comparison between like Pac and Phoenix too. 
Like I think Pack and Phoenix are a level above this Kingston Penta kind of amalgamation. Um, I would like the the I really want the Young Bucks to win this. Um, I love the idea that you toss out the fact that if they lose, they've got to give them a title match and then just have the champions win this match and stop that happening. Um, I guess you can do it through shady super elite means, which is not going to be to everybody's taste. Um, but like I don't know, Kingston had a shot, didn't he? Like, this feels like a shot too many at these belts for Eddie Kingston. I'm not opposed to Kingston getting a shot at Kenny Omega and then being able to build organically to that. But he, he did have a go with his A-team. So I'm just not that arsed about seeing him try in his B-squad. Um, I'd like the Unbooks to win. And I'd like, I've said this for a few weeks now, I've, I know, I understand that like Super Elite have kind of, as champions especially, kind of got to be involved in everything. Got to have a few different programmes on the go at once. Like, I want to see a bit more of this tag team division blossom and present a threat to the Young Bucks beyond just building up rankings, padding wins on Dynamite or on Dark and Dark Elevation. Like, it feels like at this point, the Young Bucks are almost going to have to drop down to elevate teams because basically they're kind of in a rotation of wrestling with, like, these super teams, and I'm a little bit over it. Yeah, it's just... I want to see some proper tag team wrestling feuds. Yeah. I'm with you. Like, this... I'm not, like... I'm telling you, man, before Double or Nothing, I was desperate for Marcus and Kingston to win. I was firmly in the headspace of a hyper-earnest pro wrestling fan. Um, not my usual critical eye. Like I wanted the baby faces to win. I don't have anywhere near the same drive as much as I like both individual performances, uh, performers rather. I really want Eddie Kingston and Kenny Omega to have that match. I just think that dynamic would be fabulous, particularly since, you know, Delta variant and vaccine hesitancy notwithstanding, we are back on the road mm. in front of fans. If I look at all of professional wrestling, I can't think right now of a better dynamic, other than Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega, of course, that would totally tear the roof off an arena for Eddie Kingston. No selling at V-Trigger, everyone exploding and him getting a near fall. Like, two utterly different men styles, performers, dispositions, like Kenny Omega's the overtly theatrical guy. Um, Eddie Kingston's as real as it gets in pro wrestling in 2021. I need to see that match. I don't know how this one gets us there. If anything, my worry about this match, which is going to be incredible. It's a Young Bucks TV match. Um, Eddie Kingston has awesome chemistry with them. Penta has awesome chemistry with them. Um, But I just don't see how this takes me closer to something they've teased and they probably should deliver as a result. If anything, this feels like it's going to take me further away from it if Kingston's takes another loss. So it's all a bit... Um, I don't know if it's trust the processy or we're still in the backdraft of, oh, let's just peter some stuff out before we get to um, the road. It's not in... Certainly not in AW's wheelhouse too often to want to deliver you the same match twice in such quick succession as well. So it's another good reason. Like, they've thrown this out there before, haven't they? beat the champions like or beat beat somebody to get a match against somebody like i i don't know i don't massively want to see this match once and so I, theoretically i don't want to see it twice either and aw tend to know that about their audience so i do feel like this is just a nice way to give you that sort of suspension of disbelief now rather than ever even getting to the title match also like on the very very off chance like might this might the like uneasy, slightly fraying alliance of Penta and Kingston. Might some of that be by design? And, like, Penta's sort of just been switched babyface heel as and when they've needed him. 
maybe that's an awesome little spin you can do where he just like walks out in Kingston if they lose or assaults King like Kingston makes a new enemy in Kingston rather than like reuniting with an old friend because I, I don't know like I'd, I'd like to say I still have faith that they see more in Penta as a as a heel and I just the Alex Abrahantis character seems set up created almost to start getting Penta over as a singles heel so I've got no real thirst for him sticking around in the tag team much longer even with Phoenix back I'd rather see them both split off doing single stuff it's funny you should mention Phoenix because this could be the site of his return it feels so goddamn bread and butter to build, and they could build it in the post-match here, build a trios match for one of the first or second dynamites for the for the road tour. Like, those matches were popping earlier this year. They are such incredible crowd pleasers. Why not do them in front of a crowd? So this might be just a pretext towards that. Um, oh, God, I don't want to end on a bad note and put myself in a mood. <laughs> are going to have to talk about this risible prospect one so risible in fact that it was met with utter denial denial so like vociferous that if you were to dare say oh this is probably happening and the fact that it could feasibly happen is bad like no no, no it's gonna be tia trinidad you idiot aw would never do something as bad as this <laughs> well, well, we are about 12 hours away at time of recording from something as bad as Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Reva Not Rebel or Rebel Not Reva versus Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero. I don't want to go on too much about this. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Following point. I hate the idea. Yes, they've baked in a storyline reason that Andrade has been brought into AEW by Vicky Guerrero specifically. Tony Khan recognised, oh, you've brought in a star. You've negotiated the deal. Um, I will reward you with something you like on telly because it's wrestling. Oh, <laughs> I would like a match. Oh, God. Would you? Why? Train to be a wrestler. Train to be a wrestler. Um, it's plot holes. Like... Or in just there are plot holes in the best possible scenario, which a lot of fans have dreamed up in their head in denial because of the initials. 
AEW, mm. and that's what it is for me. I've got a lot of latitude towards comedy wrestling, right? Even a match that should not take place because this is a ranked promotion where wins and losses matters all in pursuit of a title. Vicky Guerrero's not going to be anywhere near the women's title. So why? Why do this in kayfabe? I've got a lot of latitude towards comedy wrestling. I'd like, I love it. Love Kenny Omega's comedy wrestling. Love DDT. Like, I just think it's class. I think it's, it's just something that I really like. I expect Rebel Not Reba, Reba Not Rebel, and the Vic, Vicky Guerrero sequences to be a bad version of comedy wrestling. When mm. even good comedy wrestling, and again, I think something like 8% of Americans use Twitter. It's not the best barometer, and thankfully, we no longer have to rely on it, fingers goddamn crossed, um, in the medium term. But even like it's this is surely just going to add to the discourse of, oh, AEW is not exactly a sporting promotion, it's not exactly an alternative. I think, you know, Lily's bad, Miss Vicky Guerrero's not wrestling on this show. I don't have one earthly idea why they would invite criticism even if what Vicky Guerrero and Reba do in there is mildly amusing over delivery. Help us out. I need to bargain with this. Why are they doing it? I, I cannot help you on it. It's so odd to me that like, like you're right in what you're saying as well, like the, the premise for this match, regardless of what people have already decided is actually going to be happening, the premise for this to exist in the first place is like, is piss poor. But like this feud, this Britt Baker is champion. Here's what we're doing next. It's so foundationally rotten that I cannot like reconcile. Like, so this tag team match is happening because if everything you've just said is true and Tony Khan has afforded Vicky Guerrero a gift, the gift she's requested is a match to have a tag match on television, whatever. Like that's, it's fine, but it's rubbish. The feud itself that this is built into, the match that this is in service of is ultimately Nyla Rose versus Britt Baker, which... If Vicky Guerrero is Nyla Rose's manager, perhaps she's trying to... Maybe there's a setup plan here. Maybe their idea is they're going to get two-on-one advantage on... Or she's going to bring in Theatre and Dad, and it's going to be a three-on-one advantage on Britt Baker, and then she's really in trouble, and she's going to weaken her for Nia Jax to stroll into a title next week. Let us not forget that this feud is born out of cheeseburgers. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, Nyla Rose was a bit petulant in a crap, failing comedy segment with Britt Baker that was supposed to toast, like... You know, like on a meta level, the dawn of a new era for the women's division in AEW. That's what Britt Baker's title win was supposed to represent. Like, I cannot get over how fundamentally flawed this is from the very beginning that brings us to this point. And I say that with a certain confidence that, like, Nyla Rose and Britt Baker will over-deliver on fairly measured expectations. I think that match is going to surprise a lot of people. Nyla Rose has got mixed form in those big matches, but when she hits, she really hits. And what we already know about Britt Britt Baker is that she's like desperately not going to want to disappoint when the spotlight's on. So I've got a certain faith in that match, but I've just hated every way in which we've got here. And I, and I hate this too. Um, maybe the lowered expectations will greatly assist this. Maybe the fact that it is a dynamite women's match that has a tangible angle and story, even if it's weak, maybe that'll help this in comparison to, the usual like last quarter hour matches. It's not a great comparison point to sort of like base things on, but maybe it'll help it. I don't know. Um, crowds, you know, like they're gonna like these. They're gonna like Britt Baker ultimately, so they're gonna like they're gonna have investment in at least one of the four characters in the match. Like all of the, it, I'm bargaining too. This is all of these things I'm doing is me bargaining too because, like, it's it's pretty rubbish pro wrestling. 
ultimately all of this. And it's it's extremely disappointing that Baker's at the centre of it. My worry, I mean, it's not my worry. I prefer it this way than the other way, that Fred Baker's finally got a chance um, to lead this division and she will have creative control over her character in collaboration with like Jerry Lynn and Chris Jericho and Cody and Kenny. And she's indulged the fact that a lot of people find it funny that, you know, a dentist in phenomenal fitness shape likes McDonald's. Mm. And she thought, oh, the McDonald's thing's over on Twitter. Well, it's not, not over on telly. So that stinks. But there's one way of salvaging this before we move on, right? And it is, whoa, you shouldn't be doing that. That You shouldn't be doing that pop, whether it's a pretty naff, but like, ah, yeah, I'll give you that version of like DDP doing like the worst crossbody you've ever seen. Yeah. Or Sting doing the best crossbody you've ever seen in the 61. <laughs> if Nyla Rose, uh, if Vicky Guerrero can do something like a running dive, running cannonball dive off the apron, and Excalibur and Tony Schiavone sell it as if it's like this legitimately funny thing, and this might work. The only way I can get around this is Vicky Guerrero does something you would absolutely never in a million years expect Vicky Guerrero to do. And you know what? If that happens, not just because it's my idea, I will pop. I'm pretty sure that's it, you know, now that I've arrived at this. I think what we want is a Canadian destroyer. What we're going to get is a very awkward Three Amigos. Oh, God. <laughs> like a laboured, taking ages to roll it round, get back up. You know what? If she can halfway pull that off or do something like a bad version of cool, then, yeah, this is what <laughs> it's about, isn't it? Oh, Christ. I'm going to watch it with it bated breath now. This is why you should listen to the <laughs> podcasts, everyone. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Um... Chris Jericho is going to be on commentary for the duration of the show. That's a lot. That's a lot of Jericho. Like, it's... What I like about Jericho when he's on commentary is that there's a Shivani-esque quality. He's got one-liners and he's got the Shivani-esque quality. When he commentated on Phoenix Omega, he was literally, as they were happening, he said, that's my favourite spot. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you... it's You're getting the vibe of a monitor sellout through Chris Jericho's wonderful approval skills and humour. I don't need it for two, two hours, if I'm being honest. Um, it worked very much during the pandemic because you need any kind of star quality you can get across this broadcast um, to just sort of void the surroundings, if you like. Um, but yeah, he's not going to do much except talk. You're not big on the Jericho commentary either, are you? It's, it's just quite imposing. It's... He presents quite an imposing presence. He is unable to switch off the worker within. And even, I think, sometimes earnestly when he is trying to just get over what he's watching, it a little bit becomes an act of getting himself over, over and over again. He, he's quite loud and domineering. It's not always a problem. Very much services some matches and not others. Maybe, like, you know, the angle alert, Claxon is going at a low level here. Um, after last week's attempt to divide and conquer by the pinnacle, Chris Jericho is putting himself out there as a sitting duck all night, isn't he? So him being at the desk potentially allows for, well, you've got Guevara and MJF in the main event, potentially allows for a beatdown backstage that he sees on a monitor and has to go deal with. Perhaps maybe makes him the victim of the beatdown before the match or during the match, you know, as a distraction for to help MJF, something like that. If it's in service to the angle, it's maybe not the worst thing. Um, I just think it's futile to hope that he'll hold back because you know 
the Jericho you're going to get for the bulk of the show. It's funny, like, this is an example now. We are, thankfully, and hopefully permanently, emerging out of the worst of times. And there have been very, very justifiable reasons, such as Chris Jericho on commentary, for things to exist in that version of pro wrestling. Um, it is okay to experiment with those things in normal times again and see what works and see what doesn't. But I hope that they don't indulge if it turns out tonight that it, it doesn't really work. I think it's okay to look at it serving more of a purpose then than it would do now. Especially like, it's not just going to be commentary and like noise in general. Noise is going to be such a bigger factor of these shows that the last thing you want to do is throw something else in there that kind of gets in the way of the noise that you actually want to listen to, which is that that amazing raw again. Like, the best thing that announcers can do half the time over the next six months is like sit back and lay out and just let the let the crowd speak for themselves in a way they haven't been able to. Chris Jericho is the sort of opposite of that at the desk, isn't he? So we'll see how that sort of works tonight. No, that's a very good point, actually. Um, commentators are better with crowds. Like, everything's better with crowds. Mm. They get totally energised. Chris Jericho likes a live crowd more than I like my family. He <laughs> absolutely loves the idea of the noise and the validation. Like That's why he's got like about eight separate jobs that involve this kind of surroundings. So maybe, and I'm bargaining again because it was getting a little bit, because I think they did like loads, didn't they? Mm-hmm. I think he was like surprisingly, not surprisingly great, what a promo he is, but you know, commentary is a different job. And I've heard several great promos, sorry, McFoley, be rubbish commentators. <laughs> I just think they went to the well once too often, but maybe the idea that the crowd is there will energize them into a good performance. And there's obviously some kind of angle, I guess. And Chris Jericho could further deepen Sammy Guevara's babyface sympathy. I think it's going to be blood in that main event. Like, I genuinely think there's going to be blood. And maybe if Chris Jericho, of all people who's done it all and seen it all, can act horrified, maybe that can add an additional heft to this main event. You could just call that main event. Who the hell knows? Um, lastly, on the um, blotter, whatever you want to call it, um, another five matcher, which makes me think MJF and Sammy Guevara, you know, if they don't, they're probably going to have. Orange Cassie versus the Blade by the time we finish recording <laughs> is kind of going on um, for reasons. But as it stands, at time of recording, half past one UK time, it's a five match card, which makes me think that they are going all in on MGF versus Sammy Guevara. The last, latest, sorry, edition is Jungle Boy versus Jack Evans. Um, right, I know why this exists. It exists to further in storylines on TV, draw together Jungle Boy and Christian against the Hardy family office. And I think that various intertwinings will happen that will result in Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage down the line. This is a story beat in that ultimate destination. This has got massive, massive either way potential for me, this. This could completely surprise you. This could be this incredibly lively like quasi spectacular spot fest between two gifted aerialists who could do mad stuff. Jack Evans, it feels to me that AEW arrived five years too late for him to really get over um, as a senior respected scalp who can give you great matches and beating means somebody because like I've seen some pretty damn good TH2 things on dynamite the match of the young bucks went under the radar but that was really strong but it's the young bucks you know um i've seen jack evans botch a lot 
let's face it, I've seen him botch a lot. I think even he on Twitter, if people like try and get him with these pathetic AEW botch accounts, <laughs> it off. Like he kind of knows that he's nearer the end than the beginning. Yes, yeah, it's got drastic either way potential. This. What are your thoughts on it? Just give the people what they want and have it end in a Matt Hardy Christian brawl. Let's finally get to it. <laughs> that's, that's what we need. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I don't mind this. Uh, um, it's not 50-50 booking because he's not going to go in there and beat Kenny Omega. But it's not uh, the worst thing to have Jungle Boy get this win and kind of harness that. Basically, harness the star quality that he had at the end of the match before it descended into that brawl. Like that, Jungle Boy's it's an AW problem, as we know, with the, the two hours of dynamite. Like that loss and his reaction to the loss and the moment that could have followed wasn't really given the breathing space it needed because it was back to Hardy Family Office, Christian Cage stuff. So you do it in a match instead. Jungle Boy wins a match and the commentators talk relentlessly. Chris Jericho, if he's at the desk, talks relentlessly about how close he became to becoming AW champion last week, beating Kenny Omega last week, um, to the point where what you get is proof of concept because you see, uh, I'm the same as you as Jack Evans, I like him enough, but you're going to see this week that Jungle Boy is now like substantially further in front of Jack Evans. He's higher above him in the AW pecking order. Like Rankings and defeats be damned. You're going to see... Like that, some of that Kenny dust is like sprinkled on a ja- on a on a, on a, on a Jim Ross then on a Jungle Jack himself, um, and I think like I, I don't think that's the worst use of television time. If I'm honest, um, contrast that to Matt Hardy versus Christian, which is constantly the worst use of television time. The less of that, the better. But I also consider that a necessary evil because I think we've been full of praise more for the Christian Cage Jungle Boy relationship than this Christian Matt Hardy inconvenience that thank God soon enough will be out of their system. Yeah, um, I like the idea that this match is happening more so than I am high on the prospect of the match itself. We've seen with various AEW performers, um, Jungle Boy as well, after the FTR feud ended and he didn't really do a great deal on the Dynamites ahead of Double or Nothing. We've seen like Ty Conti, and funny enough, it happens more with the women's division, but what <laughs> I'm driving at here is that we've seen performers get a spot, get over, and you kind of infer from the signals that you are getting um, beamed to you not their time yet, enjoy them for a while we're keeping them in the mix because we know that they're going to be stars one day and you're clever enough to guess that we are going to try and make them stars one day but that's it for them for now for a few weeks or whatever I'm reassured because I think Jungle Boy is fantastic and he's far more ready than I think even AEW probably thought um, at this stage of his career that he's, this is it now, he's going to be a regular fixture on this show um, you can see that he's had the big double or nothing triumph. He's had he's came up short against Kenny Omega, but he's going to be a, a regular fixture on this show just in time for the crowds to go absolutely ballistic with Baltimore. And he's going to have that match with um, Christian Cage. There are worse matches they can do with um, Jungle Boy than Jack Evans. If this hits its ceiling, like it might be class, like it might mm-hmm. genuinely be class if it's as crisp as possibly could be. Um, but again, this is it for Jungle Boy now. He feels like he's going to be a fixtured feature um, on this show. And that's all that's on the um, four matches for AEW Dynamite this week. Once again, um, it looks to be a five-match card. I can infer from that that they are going to go for a proper big-time main event with MJF and Sammy Guevara. Ultimately, this show lives and dies on whether or not 
Vicky Carrero can effectively execute a Canadian destroyer. <laughs> she can't, and it's if she can't, and it's rubbish, or they don't try, and it's bad comedy. That's the discourse. Should AEW gear their entire product around what eight percent of Americans think on Twitter, when seven <laughs> percent of that eight percent is operating in total bad faith, and everything that's a bit bad but not the big picture gets emphasised? And great booking and great wrestling is just this thing that oh, you're a mark for liking that. Why run the risk of slowly freeing your reputation? Basically, what I'm going to ask the listeners to uh, to close out the show is, do you think Vicky Guerrero's got a good Canadian destroyer in her? Let us know on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. And whilst you're there, you can follow Michael Hamflet at... Send me gifts of Vicky Guerrero's spinning back fist that she taught to Andrade at Michael Hamflet. Show me Vicky Guerrero's Japanese Ocean Cyclone Suplex at <laughs> M. Sidgwick. Once again, you can follow us all, um, all the What Culture Gang at What Culture WWE, and we will see you soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.